All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's show. Glad you're here. So this song here behind me, you hear, is called More Than Conquerors by Michelle Pilar, who we're going to hear from this hour. Yeah, we are. So take a minute here, share this out with whoever your audience is, and uh, consider the words of this song, More Than Conquerors. All right, here we go. Triumphant, victorious, we are more than conquerors in Jesus. Yeah, we are. No foe can defeat us. We are more than conquerors in Jesus. All right, do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And share it out, then you'll be notified when the show comes on. If you're watching on Facebook, do the same. Alright? If you're watching on our Twitch channel, you can do the same there too. Subscribe, share. Tweet it out on Twitter. Alright. One more time. Here we go. Victorious. No foe can defeat us. Triumphant, victorious, we are more than confidence in Jesus. No foe can defeat us. That's a high soprano <laughs> voice. That is the beautiful voice of Michelle Pilar, who, if you don't know who she is, she was a nominated, uh, Grammy-nominated singer many years ago for her songs in Christian music. And um, one of the things she shared in part one of our interview was that she holds the record for the Christian music song that was placed at number one for longer than anybody else in Christian music. Um, and, you know, some of her songs were He Rolled Away the Stone, um, Look Who Loves You Now, Look Who Loves Me Now. It was a you. Look, look Who Loves You Now. Look Who Loves You Now. Yeah, Look, look Who Loves You Now. Uh, and so many more. Anyway, um, her book Untangled, we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we had her on live. Um, and... And I want to encourage you, if you haven't read her book uh, and you want a, a real memoir, a memoir, is that how you say that? Memoir. Anyway, you want a book that's real, you know, she talks about some real stuff in her book. Um, she's probably the most honest and vulnerable Christian um, author that I've talked to, to be honest. Um, and I can tell you, you know, I've had some interaction with her after the interview and she's just as kind and sweet, um, you know, as she is on the camera, she's, that's how she is behind the scenes too. So I want to encourage you this part of the interview we're going to play tonight, uh, was kind of my fun part 
those of you who watch the show all the time, you know that I generally ask a list, a list guest questions of people who've had a little bit of notoriety. Um, and so I asked Michelle these questions and that's what this part of the interview is. It's just fun, right? If you, if you're, if you need some fun, then this interview, you, you'll enjoy this. Okay. So it's going to be about a 25 minute interview. Um, but tonight, before we jump into that, I wanted to share, uh, a couple of thoughts with you and I want to welcome my anchor and my podcast audience as well. You guys we're growing on these, on these platforms. And I want to thank you for tuning into the show and supporting us over on these platforms. In fact, if you happen to be listening to the audio podcast of this, drop me an email, go to my website, biblenewsradio.com, put in an email through the form on the website, or just email me at stacy at biblenewsradio.com. That's S-T-A-C-Y with no E at biblenewsradio.com. Stacy at biblenewsradio.com. If you email me there, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show, what time you listen to it, what you think of it, if, you, if there's stuff that you get from it, what you're learning from it, because I actually have a mission with this show, and I think some things are going to be changing in the future, but um, I would love to hear from you. Also, I want to remind you that we are listener-supported broadcast, and we need your help. Um, I have people all the time asking me, how come you're not over there? How come you're not there? This is one of the most authentic shows that's Christ-centered I've found in the myriad of all this stuff, I hear this all the time. And I always have people ask, well, how come you're not over on these platforms? That costs money. And we can't do it without you. So if you like what we do, and you want to support us, um, please donate, become a pillar of our community. You can do that over at biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. Um, and of course, my nose itches. And anyway, just do that become part of our community. And um, I guarantee you, you will be blessed because you give. Uh, because if I could take the time to break confidences of all the people that tell me stuff, <laughs> you would be—you would honestly be surprised at what God's doing. You know, uh, He does multiply the fishes and the loaves. And to those of you who are already our pillars of the community, I want you to know that I thank you from the very bottom of my heart. You know, some of you have been so faithful in donating, you know, 25 or, or 50 or $100 a month. You know, the, the handful of you that have donated to us consistently. You guys really do support what we do and you will be blessed because I can tell you there's spiritual growth. People are being healed. People are being delivered from addiction. I can tell you people are growing in their faith. We're doing discipleship. Um, you know, we're doing Bible study with people, we're doing mentoring and coaching, uh, and we do daily Bible reading in our Daily Disciples Facebook group, um, as well as this show. So it's not just this show. God has really been doing just something amazing, in my opinion. Um, and I, I just get to sit back and watch. I'm just like, okay, what next? <laughs> and I actually have a couple of things. Uh, and I want you guys to weigh in. Let me know what you think. I'm thinking about starting a Bible memory accountability group um, in order to challenge you out there who love the Word of God, but you need some help memorizing the Word of God. Because you know what? Hey, you know what? Your Word I have hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. 
I want you to know that the word God's word doesn't return void. That's Isaiah 55. And I also want you to know that that his word will never be destroyed. Anything you memorize from God's word, you'll never lose it for all eternity. Because the Bible says heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will never pass away. So what you memorize goes with you for all eternity. Um, and uh, so I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you um, to get serious about memorizing the holy word of God. It will change your life if you let it. All right. So tomorrow is Father's Day. And I don't know how many of you know this, but our president uh, actually put out a proclamation for Father's Day. I want to read that to you. It's kind of short. He put it out yesterday. And this is what it says. It says here, like, like so many fathers, my dad was a man of decency, honor, generosity, and kindness. He had a profound impact on me and instilled in me the understanding of the basic truth that everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The value set my father taught me, I taught to my children and my grandchildren. I hold his w words, his wisdom, and his influence in my heart every day and every time I sign my name as President Joseph R. Biden Jr. Father's Day is a time to recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the fathers and father figures in our lives who lift us up on their shoulders and shape our lives for the better. We thank the dads who have guided, taught, coached, cared for us, and supported us through life's trials and tribulations. And we celebrate all they impart, character and perspective, lessons born from experience, and the sacrifice, sacrifices made from love. We also know this can be a hard day for many. For those who have lost a father, a grandfather, a stepfather, or a fatherly role model, and for those fathers who have lost a child of their own. You know, I'm glad they put that in there because I think sometimes the fathers who have lost children get, get forgotten. During the past year, too many families lost fathers too soon because of and during this pandemic. We think of them today and every day and we honor their enduring memories and legacies. My administration is committed to strengthening American families and easing the burdens of caregiving so that more fathers and mothers can raise children while pursuing fulfilling lives and careers of their own. The American Families Plan would provide 12 weeks of paid family leave so that all parents who work outside the home can spend precious time with their newborn children or care for their children and other loved ones when they get sick. By investing in our caregiving infrastructure, we can help ensure that no father or mother has to choose between putting food on the table or caring for their children. My administration is also committed to helping single moms and dads, many of whom shoulder all of the parenting responsibility in their children's lives, sacrificing greatly to ensure that their kids have the same opportunities as everyone else. Today, we express our appreciation for the fathers, stepfathers, grandfathers, and father figures who enrich our character, love us unconditionally, and give so much of themselves every day so we can live lives worthy of their dreams and sacrifices. Now, therefore, I, Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States of America, in accordance with a joint resolution of the Congress approved April 24, 1972, as amended 
U.S.C. 109 do hereby proclaim June 20th, 2021 as Father's Day. I direct the appropriate officials of the government to display the flag of the United States on all government buildings on this day. Let us remember our fathers, living and deceased, and give them the honor and gratitude they deserve. In witness whereof, I have here unto set my hand this 18th day of June in the year of our Lord, 2021, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 245th. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. So that that came from our government. Um, and uh, I don't know who wrote that. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Joseph Biden. It was probably his ghostwriter, whoever that was. Um, so, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, however, uh, if you continue to look at the policies of the Biden administration and how they undermine the family and destroy families and uh, don't really do anything to advocate good fatherhood, then you might see that whole proclamation as nothing but hypocrisy. Uh, just a thought. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. The irony of it all uh, is that it's ironic. Um, so I want to draw your attention to the Heavenly Father, right? Um, I know that a, a lot of you in our audience, uh, your, your dads have gone. They passed before you, um, as mine has and as Randall's had. Um, even, even my spiritual dad died within this last year too. It's like, really? And that was surprising. Actually, we, we weren't expecting him to, to die so quick, but, um, I don't have time to read the whole passage in Luke 15, but I do want to read part of it. Um, and this is what. This says, Jesus told this story. He said the following. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that is coming to me. And so he divided his wealth between them. And not many years, days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his estate in wild living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began doing without. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to have his fill of the carob pods. Interesting, it says carob pods. <laughs> that the pigs were eating, and no one was giving him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired laborers have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here from hunger. I will set out and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired laborers. So he set out and came to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Think about that just for a minute. Here is a prodigal son, 
and you can put yourself in here if you're that person, who spent all of his inheritance on wild living, who desired to eat pig food, basically, who realized that his dad's servants had more than he did, and yet he was an heir to his father, right? Um, this prodigal son came to his senses, however, and decided he would go back home. So he said, I'll set out and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired laborers. So he set out and came to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Which suggests that that dad was looking for him. And his dad felt compassion for him. And he, his dad ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, I don't know about you, but I can totally picture this in my head. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, slaughter it and let's eat and celebrate for, for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found and they began to celebrate. Note that the dad didn't even acknowledge the son's bad self-talk. The dad didn't even acknowledge it. Didn't even give any airplay to it. He didn't say, hey, you know what? No, yeah, you know, he, he, he didn't, he just ignored it. Instead, he hugged his child and he said, let's celebrate because you were dead. And now you're alive. Now, his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing, and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he, this is the older brother, became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I've been serving you and I've never neglected a command of yours. And yet you never gave me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for, for him. And he said to him, Son, you've always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. Don't miss this, okay? Because this is a very key thing, I think, gets, that gets overlooked. Often we hear people say that the older brother was angry and bitter and jealous and stuff. But what the older brother didn't realize was that he all he had to do was ask his dad for what he wanted. Here he's being depicted as a as an older brother who's envious and angry that the dad is treating his brother with compassion. And yet he didn't go to his own father who he served rightly. Why? Whose sin is worse? 
the older brother who was in relationship with the father but didn't know him well enough or go to him with anything that he really wanted. Or the prodigal who left and realized he blew it. The older son never realized he blew it. He didn't appreciate what was right there in front of him the whole time. That's basically what his dad said. Hey, you've always been with me and all that is mine is yours. Basically, all you had to do was ask. I would have given it to you. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and he's begun to live and was lost and has been found. Those of us who didn't have good fathers growing up, and I would put my, myself in that category, my dad wasn't around most of my life. And um, my dad came into my life at the end of my life, at the end of his life, rather. Technically, the end of my life, too, because it's the end of my life, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, but, you know, God, God came into my life. He filled that gap my dad messed up in, right? And I can tell you, at the end of my dad's life, he had serious regret about not being there especially since I came in and helped him at the end of his life um, and honored him the way that God calls us to honor our mother and our father um, but I want to encourage you if you're somebody that has ba a bad relationship with your dad or he abused you in some way um, I want you to know that God the father the heavenly father is not your dad. He is not going to abuse you in any way. He's not going to hurt you in any way. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you wanting. You know, God's word is true when it declares that he is our heavenly father. He is your Abba father. And here's the good news. If you've seen Jesus, you have seen the father right? And if you read through the Gospels, the Gospel accounts of, and look at who Jesus is and what he did, you have seen the Father and how he is with us, you know? Uh, he's long-suffering. He's compassionate. He's there for, for the outcast. He didn't hurt one person. He rebuked the religious leaders because they couldn't see him for who he was, but never forget, if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. Because he, he's a spitting image of who the Father is. Um, and know that God understands your hurt, your anger, your frustration, your loneliness, your whatever it is that, that there may be that Father wound. And I will tell you one other thing before we, we get into this interview really fast. You know, there's research that shows that suggests that a person who has had a disrupted attachment issue with a father or a mother uh, that comes into a personal relationship with the Christian God and attaches to that God, that God can heal that person and they can be, they can live just as securely as somebody who is raised by two loving parents, a mother and a father. Um, the, the research is astounding when you actually look at it, um, and, and all of that. So I just want you to know that God loves you. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. 
And without your dad, you wouldn't even be here, right? So he gave you um, the father that you got that was ordained. But your dad isn't perfect. you got to remember that. There's only one perfect father, and that's the Heavenly Father. So I want you to be encouraged by that. Um, also, um, I want you to begin to look through the lens of looking at every gift that you get, you get as coming down from the Father of Lights. Right? Because the Bible says in the book of James, every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of Lights. So every good and perfect gift that you have is a gift from your Heavenly Father. Um, and never forget that. Right? And um, I could go on and on about that, but I'm not going to because we're trying to keep to an hour um, and all that. But to those of you who are dads, uh, I want to say God bless you from the very bottom of my heart. If you're a father that has done your fathering well. Praise God for you. You can impact so many people in such a positive way. And, um, you know, sometimes just an encouraging word. Sometimes, you know, um, a prayer. Sometimes just a touch on the shoulder or a tear in the eye can minister to somebody in a way that you may never know, but is very, very needed. So be encouraged if you're one of those men of God that God has called to be a father. All right. Okay. So with that said, now let's jump into our interview with Michelle Pilar. This is part two. I hope that you guys enjoy it. And um, yeah, sit back. Let's have some fun. Listen to Michelle. You're going to learn some interesting stuff here. Ah. All right. You hear that beautiful song, the music. We're going to listen to this a little bit because if you have not heard this song yet, you're going to hear it now. Trying to outrun the pain. The most awkward part about this is me sitting here it's looking like at you. Dancing between drops of rain. And when the shame to which I am bound grows like a vine around my feet without mercy, no release. You untangle me from the trouble in my mind, from the wounds and fears that bind me to the messes left behind me in my wandering. You untangle me in my struggle to be free when despair and memory, like old chains that I can't see. Hey. So that is the name of this book as well. It's called Untangled by Michelle Pilar. And I know you guys probably are like, I know that name <laughs> from somewhere. <laughs> ah, and it's because, you know, she's very... Um, popular here. She's a writer, author, sought after speaker. Mm -hmm. uh, was Grammy nominated for Christian music many years ago. And uh, anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, um, to interview her, as I have many people over the last 17 years. 
And when I found out about this, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to read this. Um, she's worked with the Billy Graham Association. Perform for royalty. Yeah, that would be Jesus, I'm sure. Um, Anne lent her voice to the animated hit show, The Simpsons, which I got to know about. I haven't, I didn't, I did not know about that. She lives here really close to me in Tennessee and also uh, has a husband named Matt. And, um, and anyway, so, and literally I just met Michelle, literally a few minutes ago. <laughs> you know, Michelle, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thank you. Now you have to tell me, are you Stacy or are you Stacy Lynn? I go by Stacy Lynn, but you can call me whatever you prefer. Okay. Well, Stacy Lynn, I, I'm so, so happy to meet you. Yeah. You know what I always thought was funny doing the show was that every time I interview a guest for the first time, it's recorded for all history to see. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like the first meeting, if every first meeting you ever had was recorded... <laughs> That's what that's what doing a show like this is is like. Even though there there may be, I may have a little bit of familiarity with you because I've read your work and listened to your beautiful music. You have no clue who I am, so not unless you did some research on me, which would be very rare. So, well, you know what? I I can honestly say I've only been with you for a few minutes, but I already know who you are. Yeah, awesome. It's it's not hard to know who you are. Um, because you care about people and you care about Jesus and you care about real, real, real stuff. And it doesn't take long to, to scope that out. So that makes us sisters in the Lord. And that makes me excited to talk to you. Cool. I know that we've talked a lot about your book. So do you mind if we talk about something different? Sure. Okay. So one of the things that I do, I have a tradition on our show, and that is that whenever I get an A-list guest, um, I asked them A-list guest questions, okay? It turns out Twyla Paris was the first person I got to ask this question. So now you're in the same genre. So here it is. I actually I have three questions, and I think you'll like them all, hopefully. Only okay. one of them made people cry, but I don't think you'll cry. Okay. So the first question is, do you have any magnets on your refrigerator? No. I don't want <laughs> Why not? Because my refrigerator has wood on the front of it. <laughs> my refrigerator is one of those that has a cabinetry and it matches my other cabinets. Huh. So it, it's all it's all wood. And you can't stick a magnet on wood. So I don't have any magnets. Now if it were not wood, heaven knows I probably have I would probably have a bunch of them. <laughs> so well, that's a, a simple answer to a to a, it's an honest simple answer. I don't have any. Well, neither does Twyla. Just so you know. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Twyla and I, we're like, we're like that. Yeah, and Lou Giglio, he doesn't either. Well, there you go. I'm I surprised this is a trend. <laughs> Magnets are out of style. All right, so this is a, this is a, this question, I'm not sure how you're going to answer this one, because you, you, you have a farm, right? Yes. And a lot of chickens. <laughs> Or yes. hens. Horses, uh, chickens, dogs, all kinds. Yeah, yeah, all that cool stuff. Okay. All right, so you probably, okay, let me ask you this. Okay, because this one concerns eggs, which I know you get eggs because you have hens. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, do you ever put them in a carton? Like, you know, like if you were to buy them, they'd be in a carton. Do you, like, what do you do with your eggs? Do you just put them in a 
if I could run to the kitchen, I'd go grab where they are in the kitchen and show you. Go ahead. Um, can I really? Yeah, go ahead. I don't okay, mind. Don't go away. I won't go away. I just gathered them. Here's my little notes on my arm, Wassie, right here. These are my notes. I have my passwords and all kinds of things. Hold on. Hold on, Stacey. Then I'll be right back. Okay. I just gathered them. I gathered my chicken eggs just right before you and I went on this interview. Good. This is important it, then. These are fresh out of the chicken coop that I clean myself every day. People always ask me, they say, do you do all this work yourself? And I say, yes, I do. You know, if you're going to have a farm, you got to have your hands on the farm. Right. You can't have other people taking care of your farm. You won't know what's going on with your farm. You want to be a productive farmer, you got to have your hands on it. Okay, so here, hold on, hold on. Okay. Don't go away. I'm, where would I go? <laughs> Sing, sing, sing a song or something. Oh, sing a song. Hey, you could play. Look who loves you now. <laughs> this is this is one of the most unconventional interviews of my life, but that's okay. I'm glad. Seriously, you should throw one of her songs up while she comes when she comes back. By the way, she is coming back because, like, she's right here on Zoom down here. I, you can't see it, but ah, wait. Okay. Oh, there's the eggs. Wow. Oh. Okay, she's got her eggs now. <laughs> this is. Wait, we're almost there. That was looking well, you know. That story is. That was that like the longest run. That was, uh-oh, did I hit something? No, I we're still here. We're, we're here. Uh-oh, I did something. Nope, we're still here. So, yeah. Yeah. Look who loves you now is the longest, the longest number one hit in Christian radio history. Is it really? Yeah, look at the song you were just playing. Yeah, that's my husband's favorite song of yours. It was it was number one for, for, th for three months. Wow. Wait a minute. Can you see these? We can. Yes. Okay, so that's what you do with your beautiful eggs. Wow, those are beautiful. Yeah, I, put them, I put them in a bowl. I put them, I put them in a bowl. <laughs> there's some schwitz on this one right here. Uh-huh. Normally, there's not schwitz on them. Hmm. Well, that's cool. You know, they come right out of the chicken, so, you know, you never know. So, but yeah, they're fresh. Okay, so. Fresh. All right, so then my question is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, this yeah. is so funny. I, I interviewed um, um, the Robertson family, you know. You know. Oh, they're good friends, they're good friends yeah. of mine. I, I had on... Um, <laughs> Al? Was it Al and Lisa? No, no, no. I had, I, the mom, whose name just went out of my head. Oh, that's a Miss K. K, Miss K. Yeah, okay. I had Miss K on. I asked her the same question about magnets oh, and ahead. stuff. And, well, anyway, long story short, that's what that reminded me of, you showing us the eggs. Okay, so here is the question. The, the egg part was just a setup <laughs> to the actual, okay. to, to the actual okay. question, which the, the question is, I'm going to guess I already know the answer because you work on your farm. Okay, yeah. so do you have... Um, um, like when you crack the egg, what do you do with the shells? I throw them in the trash can. Oh, that's what I do. What is it, Miss Kate? Put them in the chicken coop? Oh, yeah, I would think so. Why wouldn't you do that? Because I give my 
chickens, I give my hens a feed that has a lot of calcium in it. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> if you're a good farmer, you got to pick the right, right stuff. Gotta... But, but don't the eggshells, like, don't they stop like snails in the garden? Oh, Lord, I don't know about that. I don't know. Somebody told me that there wasn't snails in Chicago, so they wouldn't know. And here's where, let me find a really big one. Here's a really big one. <sighs> that is a big one. That's not even the biggest. I have, I have some, I have some hens that like, they can really produce some. And look at how pretty you could, you could make paint colors out of this stuff. Yeah. God is a beautiful artist. I think yeah. it's cool. I, I would, if we could have them in Spring Hill, we would totally have chickens, but we can't in our see, area. See the different colors of, of like a, uh, this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Beautiful. Is that based, are the color of the eggs based on the feed that they get? Do you know? No, it's based on the chicken that laid it. Oh, really? So I, I, have, I have four kinds of chickens. I have Brahma hens mm -hmm. who make a huge yolk. Brahma's are beautiful white hens with a black ring around their neck and, and they have the furry feet and all that. They're really big, big hens. And they're, the yolk on their chicken is like, seriously, it's like, it's like that, wait, let me get my hand, my hand up. It's like that big. Wow. And, and so Brahma eggs are great for baking huh. because that yolk, if you're gonna make a hollandaise sauce, or you're gonna make a biscuit, or you're gonna make a cake, anything you're gonna bake, you're gonna have all that yolk. And then I have Isa Browns, and they, they make it a, a you know different color egg, kind of about this like this. And then I have um, Rock Island uh, Blues, who are kind of a lavender color. And then I have um, Golden Wind Dots. Golden Wind Dots, and then they make a different color. So all the all the eggs are from from different hens. Hmm. Now I'm going to assume you didn't grow up on a farm. I did. I did when I was really oh, little. You when did. I was, okay. When I was when I was zero to four. <laughs> okay, so you were really I up, little. I I grew up on a farm in Garden Grove, California. Right. And so that's my earliest childhood memories is a farm. So when I grew up and and I always wanted to have a farm and I rode horses. I've ridden to five national championships. I, I call that to the years I ran away to the circus. Okay. We don't need to go there. We don't need to go, but when I quit the ministry and I, I crashed and burned, I started <laughs> riding a horse. And the Lord healed me in a, while I was sitting in a saddle. I believe it. Horses are very therapeutic. Well, and they teach you how to set a boundary. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I have had one, two experiences with a horse. Yeah, <laughs> it took me years yeah. to get nice to it with a horse again because the horse didn't like me, or I didn't know how to ride it because my friend, she didn't have a saddle or anything. And see, everybody has a everybody has a story <sighs> like that. It breaks my heart where some some horse like ran off with him, but and it makes me sad that that <laughs> that qualified horse people put people like you in that situation. It makes me sad because a horse that knows you don't know what they're doing is going to run off with you yeah she wasn't really a qualified horse person <laughs> oh. she thought she was but yeah anyway all okay. right the last okay. the last question is did you pass your driver's test on the first time yes good in fact i, in fact, I got 100 percent. did you really ah i did 
because I was a perfectionist. You see, yeah. my mother was my mother was an alcoholic, my father was an alcoholic, and all three of my sisters were alcoholics. So I got addicted to a different drug, and that was the drug of trying to be perfect. Right. And that drug will kill you as quick as any of those other drugs will. And um, so I was trying to make up for the lack in my family. So I overachieved at everything I did. And when I went to take my driver's test, I got 100%. There you go. And that's unusual for a baby of the family because you are a baby. And that's very unusual. Usually the perfectionists are the firstborn. Okay. No, she kind of was too, but she was an angry perfectionist. I I was a dutiful perfectionist very different attitude there but yeah i mean i thank the lord that he he finally showed me that i could not be jesus for anybody that's good that's a good point well so wrapping this this nice interview up um what would you want people to do besides get your book and your songs and your music which you know have been out for a while and which i love by the way he rolled away the stone is like one of my favorite Oh, he rolled away the stone. Uh-huh. Yep. There's nobody left in that holy ground. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, what I would want them to do if they got the book is, I first I'd want to thank them for taking time out of their life to read it, um, in all honesty, in from the bottom of my heart. But what I would pray is that, um, that Untangled would be a shot of courage and a shot of freedom that as I bear my soul uh, and told, I I did my best to tell the unvarnished truth about what God has done for me. I I tried not to say it as a a pretty Christian way or whatever, but I, I tried to just kind of open myself up from the inside out. And my goal in doing that was that the reader would find a way to let God into the inner sanctums of their life that they've never known how to let God into. And that through my stories, God would get into their story and and that they would find freedom in places they've never had it. That would be my hope. Yes. My husband has a question. Okay. And he wants to know the Simpsons. What voice did you do and how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question before I answer your husband's question. Okay. So our, I, I feel like the strongest part of our interview was at the beginning when we weren't online yet. Yeah. So will people will people still get to hear that part? Um, yeah. Pro- we'll probably. make that happen. Oh, yeah, we will. Randall's a video editor. He can do whatever he wants. He can edit the whole thing. So if you've been, I want to tell your viewers, if you've been listening to this, it sounds like a bunch of garbly gook, which I don't think it has, but we we kind of derailed on the second half. The first half was very focused Mm -hmm. and we had a lot more fun on the second half, but I think, I think the first half was very, very focused and I hope people get to hear that part. So I I kind of want, everybody will hear the whole thing. Don't worry. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. So the Simpsons, the Simpsons, um, a friend of mine, uh, in college wrote the music for the symptom Simpsons all those years. I mean, like over 30 oh. years, his name's Alf Clausen. Uh-huh. He was the writer of all the music on that show. And he called me one day and he said, they're doing a story. Um, some of you who are Simpsons fans will remember this one. They're doing a story that's retro about when Marge met Homer in the seventies. 
and they're going back in time and 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 recreating that and they want to play the song close to you by the carpenters but they don't want to pay richard carpenter for the licensing of the song so they they tried all these different singers to try to reenact exactly the karen carpenter voice which is nearly impossible (laughs) and and he said would you come in and sing close to you and see if they'll take it as you know the gospel of karen carpenter (laughs) and so i went in to 20th century fox and i studied her voice for a few days before i went in and um all my life, people had told me I sounded similar to Karen Carpenter. And then there I was in 20th Century Fox actually singing as Karen Carpenter on The Simpsons, and they took it. And so I sing close to you on The Simpsons during the show about Marge and Homer meeting in high school. That's a cool story. Uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> most people at that point asked me to sing it. So do you want me to sing it? Go for it. That's been a lot, long time since I did this okay. for twenty. Well, you, uh, you brought it up, so. But you know what? It's it's free. So okay, what can, it's, what free. It? <laughs> it's free. It doesn't cost anybody anything other than my pride. <laughs> it might cost me my pride. Okay, right. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. That was beautiful. And I, I totally wanted to sing it with you, but I knew I, I would mess it up if I did. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> you know, I tried, you know, I had Sherry Keggy on the show and I actually sang with her and it was a complete oh. disaster. <laughs> because we were on video and it wasn't synced so oh, no. it's you know but otherwise i would have done it but i've already done it once and i learned my lesson so well, there you go <laughs> you're a wise woman well you're very gracious and kind and uh i appreciate you giving me all your time i really do it's, well, it's, it's nice good. to know that you're not that you know i mean i know that you're probably in super high demand now because of the dr phil show but you know, <laughs> don't worry, it'll fade. <laughs> it'll cool. be short lived. Well, that's what. Well, boy, that didn't come out good, did it? But anyway, you know what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, no, me- I'm I'm thankful for Dr. Phil. In in <sighs> all in all, um, all kidding aside, like I told you before we started, that working with the production team and working with Dr. Phil himself, I can honestly say this. I know this to be true. I was there. I lived it. It was a very stressful situation, and Dr. Phil is everything he looks like he is, plus more. And he cares about people, he cares about helping people, and he cared about me in a very, very, he didn't know me from Adam, and he cared about me, and he, he, um, he helped me through a very tough situation, and it resulted in that wonderful interview, and then he gave me total freedom to talk about the Lord. And I even asked him before we hit the go button. I said, now, are you sure you want me to talk about my faith? I mean, because he was asking me all these very pointed questions about chapter one, you know, when Jesus was sitting next to me on the bed mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and I said, are you sure? I can't answer these in a user-friendly way. I mean, I'm going to have to talk about Jesus. Are you sure you're ready 
are you want me to do that? Because I didn't want to get caught off guard. And Dr. Phil said, I am ready. And I do want you to do that. That's I cool. want you to talk about how God did what he did for you and how you processed all of it. Yeah. I had a lot of respect for that. Uh, well, I thought he was a believer himself, though, too. I, I would say yes. Yeah. I would say without a doubt, yes. I always yes. thought he was. Yes. So, yeah. So that's very cool. Yeah. Well. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for him, and I'm thankful for Patrick Farley, the producer, and I'm thankful for everybody I worked for on that show. <laughs> I'm glad. And I don't, get paid, I don't get paid to say that. No, I know. I Okay, I hear you. Totally do. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, michellepillar.com. Go there. It's it's There's one L in Michelle. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Although you might have both domains for all I know. I don't know. But No, I don't. You don't? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just in case. One L, in, one L in Michelle and two in Pilar. That's right. And the book is Untangled, How the, the, the Truth Will Set You Free. You guys, you know, those of you who are in my God Time Together group, um, go get the book. Oh, never mind. Randall put it up there on the screen. And I took that picture myself, just so you know. That's my actual right. picture. See, you see my carpet and the. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah. Anyway, so go get that. And um, all right. So there you go, people. That was part two of my interview with Michelle Pilar. <laughs> ah, hey. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about that interview. Um. But the main thought that I have is that um, she was very gracious and kind. Um, <clears throat> and you got to go get her music. Honestly, her music is so beautiful. And the book as well. Um, it's not a Bible study book. It's a memoir. So you, you'll learn about her life when you get it. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So there you go. Randall, did you want to weigh in on that? What did you think of her answer about The Simpsons? Since that was your question. Well, you had read it off the back of the book, I think, that it said she you right, know, right. appeared on The but Simpsons. But we didn't get to the answer was, in the first part of the right, interview. we didn't. And I thought it belonged with the lighter side in the second part. Right. Anyway, yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I pictured her doing a cartoon voice, and I haven't... I'm not a Simpsons aficionado, so I haven't watched every episode or anything like that. I'm yeah. Thinking maybe we can find YouTube or something, but um, probably. I did notice. I don't know how long it was ago that she did that, but I did notice. Um, see, it was she didn't sing very much of it during our program, but uh, yeah, long to be just like me. They long to be anyway. Um, Close to you. Right, but. But she did get the the, the accent right, the, the long, the, the the O sound yeah. of Karen Carpenter. And I think, actually, that's a Burt Bacharach song. I think he wrote that, but hmm. I could be wrong. But Yeah, well, the other part about this interview... But they're interview, the ones who made it most famous. <laughs> the other part about this interview that I thought was funny was you see the perfectionist in her come out in that interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was kind of funny as a, this is just my analysis of my interview. The, um, we had a lot of problems getting the interview on the air. And so she was very great. First of all, she only booked an, a half hour with me and I ended up being on the phone with her 90 minutes. 
because um, you don't what you, what you don't see is you don't see the the after talk that we had and all that. But uh, I had had a bad day because we got stranded on the freeway that day, and so I was stressed out at the beginning of the interview. And then when it didn't go live on Facebook, we were like, "Ugh." So she was so gracious in accepting just doing it basically taped. And so that's why she made the comment about, well, you know, is anybody going to see this part? You know, because, you know, this, this part is kind of all over the map here, this part. But this is why I'm here is to promote the book. Um, as an interviewer, I'm a more laid back person. And so it's just funny. It was funny to me to to see the perfectionist part come out, but also the fact that she allowed herself to have a little bit of fun, too, even though. It's not, it wasn't probably normally <laughs> what she did. And then the other thing about this that cracked me up was, and, and you guys, you got to understand, I've interviewed probably easily about 1,500 people in my life. So it's not like I've never interviewed anybody. I've interviewed a lot of people. And it's especially, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's unusual for a guest to be as direct as she was with me, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, make sure that this part of the interview is being aired. And can you edit this? this, and this? <laughs> that's totally uh, that's totally, you know, perfectionism stuff. But like I said, um, you know, oh, and then and then the other thing about uh, like when like when most people like she said, most people at this point ask me to sing the song I, in my mind I was thinking I don't really care you know <laughs> which is why I didn't ask <laughs> and I think it's funny <laughs> because she she wanted to sing it <laughs> so anyway yeah so that's just it's just funny to be at the beer if you if you watch part one uh, you'll note that, you know, this this was, um, you know, just, just, just a different interview. <laughs> so, and, um, and, and she was really happy to be on the Dr. Phil show as she was thanking the producers of that show. But I'm sitting here going, and yet, yet you're here on my little show. And, yeah. And at one point, she said that I probably wouldn't even be on your show if it wasn't for being on the Dr. Phil show. And I was kind of like, huh, okay. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> a lot of interesting dynamics there. And, yeah, at the same time, I have to tell you that, like I said, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Sometimes God connects people in a way that you wouldn't expect. And as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And I totally appreciate a guest who, who tells you what they want, you know. And that's important when you do an interview with somebody. For those of you who, who do podcasting and, you know, you're trying to build an audience, be real with your guest and let them be real with you. And then you can deliver a better product as a result of it. You know, because um, even though that tendency, you know, those those instructions came out the 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 bigger part that I took away from that whole interview 
was that Michelle Pilar is WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. When you read her book, what you see is what you get. And you're going to read some very intimate things in her book that I didn't on purpose bring up in the show because I want you to read the book uh, and all that. So, um, so be encouraged by that. And, you know, for me, it was a learning lesson. Not everybody is as laid back as me. Just saying, people. So there you go. And in the future, I will. Next time I have a celebrity on like that who has all these songs that are like really famous that I don't know, I will ask them to sing that song. And I may break my rule and sing along anyway, just so you know. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, if you think about it. So, <laughs> so anyway, tomorrow uh, is Father's Day. I hope uh, that you have a good Father's Day. Uh, I think Randall said he's going to do a show, so stay tuned for whatever that's going to be about. And remember, Bible News Radio is listener-supported. Uh, if you like what we do, then feel free to um, donate to the show. Our goal is to reach the hearts of people one Bible verse at a time and to encourage you to be bold in your faith, to stand up, and to go with God because He loves you. 